0: Canucks Central Friday, it's a mailbag Friday. We'll have your questions coming up later on in the show. We are brought to you by Grip Auto & Tire, quality service you can trust in 14 locations to serve you. And we're in the Kintec studio, Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Sat, how's it going? I'm good, man. Chilling.
1: Uh, I got the Kintech studio on the road today. Yeah. You guys are holding it down uh, in studio, but you know, it's, 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 it's another Friday, another day to talk about this hockey team, this very unserious hockey team. So yeah.
0: So have you, uh, have you come down from, from the post game show last night yet? Or,
1: uh, I mean, honestly, I think we've all spent a lot of our frustrations expressing the frustrations about this season quite a bit. And you know what? Like I'm, I'm just tired of it. <laughs> you know. Like I'm, I'm just tired of, of watching the same thing happen over and over again, and that's kind of where we're at last night. I mean, for all the talk about, you know, it was a one-off, right? You know, a schedule loss. They, they had a tough game, and they played a lot of nights. It was just fatigue, yada, yada. Well, certainly wasn't fatiguing against the Florida Panthers, so I'm not sure what excuses can be made anymore for these guys.
0: I'm sorry. If you're saying this is a schedule loss, you're out to lunch, okay? A team's got a social heart at some point. A team's got to show some pride at some point. Tired or not, you could still play the game. You could still play the game to a respectable level, and that wasn't what, what was happening last night for the Vancouver Canucks. That result was embarrassing, Sat. I'd mm-hmm. like to not have to say the same thing over and over and over again as we have so many times after the last 12 to 24 months, but here we are back again listening to Captain Bo and JT say the same things about nipping it in the bud and have to rebound for the next one and got to be better, blah, 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 blah. You show up on Tuesday, lay an egg. I'll give you the mulligan for one game, give you the, re- the the rest sort of excuse, but to come out and play worse? What am I supposed to do with that? The team deserved every bit of criticism it got today. And there's no one anywhere that still believes they can actually be something different than they have been any of the past two seasons. Like, what are they? A collection of talented hockey players who seem to not care to do what it takes to win consistently in this league. They could score. Oh boy, can they score. They'll probably have a field day with Arizona tomorrow. Put up a couple of power play goals and all that. But what difference will it make? Less than zero. Like, zero percent. Less than zero. I can't believe I've watched this movie so many times. It's not even one of those, like really bad movies. You're like, oh, it's so bad. It's good. I have to go watch the Expendables. No, it's just it's just really bad. At the end of the day, I feel like I'm, I'm the guy in Grand Theft Auto, like, oh bleep, here we go again. <laughs> every first period, it's just over and over again. That's the Canucks game. That's going into every Canucks game for Canucks fans. That was pathetic last night. On the night that the franchise celebrated three Hall of Famers on and off the ice, guys who work their asses off to become some of the best we've ever seen play the game at their respective positions, and then there's this team, the 2022 Vancouver Canucks. We can pad our stats, make sure we're going to secure the bag on our next contract, but the moment things get tough, that's when our cue is to exit. Yeah, That's the Vancouver Canucks of 2022.
1: It absolutely is, Reach, and I, I love the Expendables um, reference as well, because yeah, at least the Expendables, all those actors in those movies, they had history to go back on. <laughs> I mean, Sly at least had Rocky and Rambo. Jason Statham has had, uh, you know, Transporter, let's go. Jet Li, go through the Jet Li movies. Dolph Lundgren, the Universal Soldier. I mean, you even have Stone Cold Steve Austin in it. Yeah. You know what the Vancouver Canucks are? I mean, Mickey Rourke was in that movie. Terry Crews in that movie. The Canucks are like David Zayas in that movie. Just because he, he, had, he had a supporting role on Dexter, they think they can show up and do whatever they want. But it's like, dude, nobody tuned in to watch you guys. The same old movie over and over again isn't good enough. And and that's kind of the reality, right? It's like it's, it's one thing to see the same thing over and over again. It's another one it's the same cast of characters that – keep falling for the same thing and honestly like I'm not even upset or mad it's more just bewildered by seeing the same thing repeat itself and at some point you think there is some professionalism and some pride we
0: talk about character and leadership like where is it Uh, nowhere to be found (laughs) it's like uh, harder to find uh, it's easier to find my ball on a par 5 where I put it 20 uh, 20 yards into the (laughs) out of bounds (laughs) It, 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 the professionalism is nowhere you know they come home and i, I don't know you know all, all of the rhetoric is we're going to build off of the road trip and what what do they do they they do nothing you know and and yeah they'll probably win these next two because that's who they are they're an up and down team and they'll figure it out they, they can manage a win over arizona and you know, Even Montreal, who's really starting to show their true colors as the season goes along, I could see a win coming in that one. But it's not going to change anything that we feel about this team. And quite frankly, I think the hardest part about this entire process here, Sat, is even if you want to make change, if you're Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alveen, you're not really in the landscape where it makes a lot of sense to make those changes you want to make right now. Like nobody wants to go out there and be like, "Yeah, we lost five-one in consecutive home games. We've got to make a trade. We've got to send a message." Nobody wants to be that team because that's mm-hmm. a, that's a trade you're guaranteed to lose.
1: Well, and I mean, and this part of the frustration as well is that there's nothing imminent you know and we've been saying this for for how long now for it's been weeks of saying this yeah. about like how hey they want to make trades and want to do certain things and everything like that but there isn't this sense of it has to happen today because as much as francesco aquilini's been here a long time and he's taken a lot of heat and yes a lot of these players have been here a long time they've taken a lot of heat this management team has only been here not even a year yet on the job. You know, like, I don't think they feel the heat. I'm sure they're feeling frustration. I'm sure they're feeling a lot of different things. But I'm not sure they feel the pressure to expedite things and be like, you know what? Let's just go do a bunch of things to get people off our backs because they haven't been here long enough for it. And if anything, I think Jim Rutherford and the organization looks at it, especially if you guys have been around, and say, you know, we can handle this. We'll handle the, the fan anger and all that sort of stuff. But we're not going to do something that's going to hurt us. Because ultimately, I want to see trades as much as anybody does we both do I mean every trade deadline every free agency every draft I go on a rant about how cowardly all these GMs in the NHL are because they don't make enough trades I want to see trades believe me I want to see trades more than anybody else does but given how the league works it's one of those things they have to wait for that right spot and yes at some point I think they are going to accept to take a little bit less or take less than what they wanted to make certain trades. But what does that look like? Like we talked about yesterday, and people got mad. They're like, "Why do you want to trade, uh, you know, uh, Connor Garland for for a fourth liner like Car- Cali Yonkrock or something like that?" I'm like, "I don't want to do that." But I'm wondering, or just looking at the landscape and saying, "Those might be the things you're looking at at the moment." Is that really what you want to do, or do you want to wait for the right deal to come along, right? And the problem with all that too is. If you wait long enough before you make a decision on certain big players, they get injured, it adds another layer to it. So I understand the frustration, but the Canucks are kind of paralyzed right now. And we've been saying this for a while, and I think that leads to the frustration on our end, watching the same thing over and over again, talking about the same thing over and over again, and then saying the same thing. Like, yeah, they do want to make changes. The question is, is that now, or do you have to wait a little bit? I think we're getting closer, though. Like We're into December. We kept saying, wait until we get to December. Then it's, things might start changing. I think we're entering that realm now. Within the next few weeks, we'll start seeing perhaps some movement. The rumors will pick up. I think we are going to get closer to certain things happening. But the the added frustration to all this is the holding pattern remains.
0: It's It's incredibly frustrating to have to watch this over and over and over again and to wonder when that change is coming. But I can't imagine this front office is watching this team and watching the wild swings in in performance and saying, you know, this is something we can absolutely build around, right? (laughs) The the time for evaluating was towards the end of last year, and because of the way the offseason played out and they weren't able to make some of the moves that they thought they were, it sort of put this year into a wait-and-see mode as well. And you've got a longer runway to prove yourselves to show us that you are more than just a team that went on a streak, that had a goaltender playing at a Vesna caliber level and that helped you on to a 106-point pace. You guys all went on crazy offensive runs. The power play was running as the best in the league after the All-Star break. All of these things that broke their way towards the end of last year. Let's see if you can prove it. Let's see if you can build on it. Coach and players, everybody was given the extra opportunity to show that they can build on what they did last year. And remember again, All of the talk at the end of last season, we think we really found something. We found who we are. We found our identity. We got that taste of winning, and it became contagious at the end of the year, and it's not like we're going to carry that momentum into next year. How'd that turn out for them, Sat? Not great. Mm -hmm. Not great. Because it's the same thing we saw last year before Bruce Boudreaux came in. So, yes, as much as... uh, Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alveen are taking heat because they haven't made enough changes to many people's expectations over the last 12 months now that they've been on the job or just under 12 months that they've been on the job. It's coming because no right person, no person watching hockey, no everybody watching these Vancouver Canucks can see that there is desperate change needed within this roster because it doesn't mesh. It's a collection of talented hockey players that don't know how to get consistent results together. That's it. Yeah. Well, and I, I think when you
1: start looking at what they should have done versus what they can do and what should happen, so we've asked this question: Did you lose your opportunity to move certain guys? Yeah. Right, and that, that may be true in terms of the off season. Did you move, not the not that you can't move them, but your best chance of moving them. You know, And we all know who we're talking about here. Uh, JT got extended, but obviously you extended the guy, you're not looking to trade him. They wanted to keep him, but they still extended him. Connor Garland, his game's only gone down. He's been healthy scratch. Garland's a tough like? one.
0: Like I, You might have been able to just move off of Garland's salary in the summer. Uh, maybe not for a huge return, but you may have been able to move off of the entire salary. That now is going to be very difficult. Especially in, in season that's very difficult.
1: In, in season, right? And yeah. same thing with Brock Bester. Could you have you could you could have moved him, maybe not the value you wanted, and we talked about this. Like the offers weren't great. They felt it was better to sign him to a to another show me deal and maybe if he ups his value he can get traded or at least he gives you something. But you know, getting him for pennies on the dollar at the time wasn't something they wanted to do. You saw Bjork Strand's Deal, you know, was second or third round pick. And he had a friendly contract. Best route didn't. So we're talking about maybe even less value. But maybe you look at it and say, Hey, even if we could have got a third round pick and just got the money off our books, can we even get that at some point? I think that's a fair question to ask. And here's where I think you have to decide what you want to see. And I think you have to be somewhat realistic about it. And I, and I know people like, um, are texting in and saying, uh, uh, Dan and Poco, for instance, you have to make these trades. Now lose trades. You have to lose trades. It's fine to lose trades. And I think it's fine to lose trades, but how much are you losing and what is the timing? For instance, right now, you probably have to get something back for a Garland. Best case, you get an expiring contract and hey, maybe you do that and you're fine and it opens up the money next year. But if you can't get that now, in the off season. It is easier for you to perhaps make those types of deals. It's easier to move money in the off season than it is. And when it comes to guys like that, as straight up salary dumps, right? Max Pacioretty went for nothing. Those are the times I think. Those are the things I think you might see come the off season. So it's like, do you really want to take on money for the next couple years for a guy you don't want in return when you think you can just get rid of the money outright come the off season? I think that is one of the big things they're kind of looking at. And the question is, are you holding out for something that's never going to happen? So it's not an enviable position, but I do think part of the equation here is in season is hard to move that type of money. And do you take money back now when you may not have to do that later? I think that's something they have to figure out. And if you are confident you can move that money in the off season, hold on to it by all means. You get a better deal for it. But here's the thing. You're a, you're considered a, a high octane front office. Mm-hmm. You have one of the most established uh, presidents of all time, a guy's in the Hockey Hall of Fame, in Jim Rutherford. Patrick Alvine, well thought of first time GM. They've loaded up the front office with a bunch of very smart people that know what they're doing and they have a good resume. Get some right answers. Whatever yeah. you guys do, like you got to get answers. You know, I can sit here and say hey, it's only been a year. Let's see what these guys do, but you have to play these cards right. And if you are making a trade for a loss. You better make sure you're doing that because you know you can't get something better out of it. At some point, these guys are going to have to earn their money when it comes to being a front office that can make change and put this team in the right direction. I'm patient. I'll wait till the offseason to see what happens. But you may have missed one window this offseason. The question is, do you play your cards right, come up to the deadline in this offseason? Because these are the two most pivotal moments this front office have to face.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you can't keep affording... You can't afford to keep losing or punting on these windows, right? The NHL calendar, th- there are these windows to make deals and make changes to your roster, and they're the same every single year, right? It's You get closer to the trade deadline and teams are willing to make moves. You have teams that are looking to add to their rosters, and you have teams that are looking to sell and punt on the rest of the year. It creates a trade market. We know that. That's the way the NHL has been forever. Then you get to the off season and you get the draft and free agency. Cap space is a little bit more open because teams have contracts coming off the books. It creates a shorter. Uh, it's not even that long of a window because, as we saw after July one or July twelfth this past year, cap space dries up pretty quick, and then it becomes difficult to move any money that you were hoping to move earlier in the summer. And I think that's where the Canucks maybe got caught a little bit last year on all of that though Sat. yes Mm -hmm. you're you're, the idea or the philosophy hasn't necessarily changed even though the play of the team has been as poor as it has been what about the situations of Besser and Garland and how difficult it's been for them this year with their play on the ice and what was the quote Bruce Boudreau had last night yeah, we tried Brock up there, but I had an extremely short leash on him anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, it feels like the coach has zero faith in two players making a combined, what did you tell me yesterday, $11.5 million bucks?
1: $11.55 million, to be exact.
0: So that's a major concern for me when you have a coach that's essentially playing guys making that much money in fourth-line roles and gives them a really a, a, a cup of coffee, an espresso amount of time on the top line to get themselves out of their slump. And it was a disaster for everybody in that first period, Brock Besser included. But h- how do you expect to get him out of the rut if you're giving him a, a, a spro amount of time on that top line? It's, it, to me, that, that's where part of the disconnect with coaching and management is, uh, is a part of the, uh, part of the issue. It is
1: it is part of the issue. The question though is is it the chicken or the egg? Are those guys not getting a chance or are they not earning that chance considering how much money they they've it's definitely made and a little bit of done? both. Right. And and at some point, you got to you got to hold somebody accountable. They haven't held Jay I think we have talked about this when it comes to holding actual core players accountable for mistakes or playing poorly. That hasn't happened. Garland's been healthy scratch. Sure. Besser has been demoted. Sure. But as far as, you know, the the real pieces on this team that matter,
0: none of nobody's ever been held accountable to anything. And I I would love to see a, a big healthy scratch tomorrow night against Arizona. Mm, I don't. I think he, I, I, mean, I know we're what, probably Besser's not going to happen. Besser, like Besser would probably be the call, or like Garland. Uh, we'll see. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, well, you've I, already I, done it with Garland, so Besser would yeah. be the next choice.
1: Well, I mean, you think he'll get? Ha- I, I, hey, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Right? No, well, I'll believe it when I see it. If that oh, happens, you know, I, it'll I, I don't think
0: it's going to happen. I would like to see it happen. Yeah. Send like, some kind of a message. Happen.
1: No, and I, I mean, as far as everything this team has to do. Those are the two guys that have probably fallen the most this year. But it also shows, like, like you know, even a guy like Niels Hoaglander, he only holds that spot for a fleeting second. It's, yeah. it's not really, you know, anything that works out long term there. But it goes beyond. I think even Besser and Garland. I think it's easy to be critical of those guys individually, and I don't think it's wrong. I think you know, I don't like how they played, and we can talk about it all we want. But they're complementary skill players that need to be put in a certain position to be successful, and they're not really being offered that with this team and that's the problem cuz they already have too many of those guys you know we said this so many times but they have too many players that are similar and as long as you have that it's a bit of a problem with this team and i don't know like what you the big move they have to make is not be afraid of making that Bo Horvat trade like that's a trade you have to make that that's one you can't be afraid of doing yeah you know like to me if you really want to reshape the organization he's a guy whose value is going to be so high trade wise and contract wise i don't think he's a Rupe Hintz type of player but I don't know. Let's say in a world that we live in, a world that that's actually true, he is considered an Rupe hints player. That he's he's going to get eight and a half or nine over seven or whatever it is. I have no interest in paying that. Let somebody else go pay it. He's going to get paid too much anyways for what he brings for this team. Make that trade. That's the one trade you can make. Do it, and not today, but do it by the deadline.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's especially after you made the commitment to Miller. It's even more imperative that you make that move for me now. Um, Nick, what are we holding on to? Like, what, like, what are you holding
1: on to as far as this team? I'm all for holding on to a couple of guys. that You shouldn't be trading PD. You shouldn't be trading Quinn. Like, I'm all for that. Quinn struggled this year, but he's still a player. It's so hard to find defensemen like him. You don't go and trade a guy that's young like that, right? But I'm all for everything else. Listen, like, hey, I, I made. We talked about this last year. If I'm choosing between JT and Bo, I'll sign JT because the contract I think he'll earn it better as time goes on. Bo's always gonna get paid more than people thought. We said this last year too. People that think Bo's getting less than seven. It's, like it's not happening, he's not signing for $40 million. he's not signing the Ryan Nugent Hopkins contract it's going to be a big number and he has more trade value if you're keeping one, keep the guy who doesn't have the trade value and get all you can for the other guy
0: it's Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah it's Friday, Yannick Hansen will join us next his take on the Vancouver Canucks on Canucks Central Canuck Central in the Kintex studio. We are brought to you by Grip Auto Tire, quality service you can trust, and 14 locations to serve you. Uh, we've got the mailbag coming up. Some uh, questions coming in on the Dunbar Lumber text line. Keith the Water Guy, is Quinn a D-man you build around, or is he the piece you acquire when you're ready to contend? I still believe Quinn is a piece you do build around. He is one of the uh, players I am not completely out on on this roster right now, Sat. But, um, yeah, Quinn uh, Quinn's having a tough year, and he had another tough night last night. Uh, pinching in bad moments, um, some tough decisions in, in his own end. It's not been a great year for Quinn Hughes so far.
1: No, it hasn't. Quinn has struggled, but what we do know is that Quinn has incredible potential. And we know his quality. He's already shown the peak of what he's capable of. We saw it last year uh, through a lot of stretches. We even saw it at times in his rookie season. And of course, you know he had a, he had a bad uh, North Division year and he struggled at times this year defensively and everything like that. But there's so much there, and he's still young enough that he's just a guy you can't punt on this early.
0: Uh, let's bring in our next guest. Uh, I haven't spoken in a couple of weeks, but it's uh, Yannick Hansen here on uh, Canucks Central. He joins us. Every Friday, and he's brought to you by Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Port Coquitlam, and Magnuson Ford in Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we were teammates on Team Sportsnet. Now you get to tell everybody how bad I am, Yannick.
2: <laughs> no it was all good all good you play like you preach so i have no issue
0: <laughs> let's hope so we'll, we'll at least set that narrative uh set that narrative for today uh it's 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 about the most laughs i've had uh in in the last 24 hours um it was another pretty listless performance on home ice it, it looked like this team was turning a corner yannick they played pretty well on the road won those three games through colorado vegas and san jose And then these two games at home against Washington and Florida, I just, I feel like Bruce Boudreaux. I just don't know how to explain it.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's almost like we've seen it before, right? Yeah. It's tough. It is. I'll I'll be honest. Some of the goals yesterday are mind-boggling. The one Demko gets hurt on, um, it's a three-on-three. No issue there. Yeah. Shot from an angle, no issue there. It's a tough rebound. He could put it out right in the middle of the ice. Um, but the next three rebounds, Florida picks up. Like where? Where is the? Where is the battle level? Where is the taking your guy? Where is the? Like it's just missing on missing. And we always used to say it's okay to make a mistake. Um, but but somebody's got to cover that mistake but but right now they're making mistake another mistake another mistake and in this league the puck ends up in the back of your net uh, last night on that situation it was three three mistakes if you will because you don't want the other guys to get to the rebounds first you want you're okay give the shooter to the goalie demko makes that save it's a bad rebound no problem but then we're three on three like tie, tie up guys tie up a stick um Run them out of the way, so they can't pick up these rebounds but it, it and it wasn't just one guy that that's the that's the issue It's two or three separate guys making the exact same mistake um and it's again you you can you can't coach that you, you, unless these guys figure it out themselves we'll continue to see this.
1: When as far as them figuring it out, I mean, I just I – mean, do they figure it out? Like, is this group capable of figuring it out, Yannick? I mean, we've seen the same thing over and over again. Even last year, sure, they had stretches with the 57 games under Boudreaux where they had a lot of success, of course, and they played good hockey. But even through a lot of that, we talked about, you know, they got away with this one, they got a lot of saves, and how many games did they have letdowns where they weren't ready to play and, you know, they had bad starts, and, and Brewston kept saying, like, I don't know, like, we, we, we keep trying to do what we can and they keep having bad starts. I don't know if these guys, as a group, Yannick, are capable of learning.
2: No, and but that's what we've been kind of like. You need you need roster change on this, and especially on the back end. It's not it's not good enough to compete. Um, they have the money allocated there, but the money aren't going far enough, if you will. Um, you have an OEL who makes seven on the cab. He's not pulling his weight. You have a Tyler Myers who's making six. He's not pulling his weight um that that's so much money spent on a position where you have six guys that aren't doing their job that that money 13 million should get you quality quality defensemen on the back end that can defend and and can transition the puck and all these things but but and I know I'm I'm pointing fingers right now and and it's rough cuz it is a team sport and it's all of them but when you're getting paid this much money in a position that's that vital to the team's success, um, y- you you got to deliver, you got to perform. And, and we can point at uh, young guys turning puck over. Hergland had a rough night last night as well. Um, one of his goals is directly him missing a pass in his own end, and then it goes back in his own net. Um, and again, these are the things that keep happening, keep happening. But, but again, like it, it's like, where's the repercussions right back out next top six um I- i'm missing some of this where um s- send a message and we've talked about these messages that can be sent and uh, jim rutherford has been out in the media bruce has been out in the media like there's only so many things you can do um, but 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 you need you need a change in directions here because it's it's the same thing we are talking about. It's the same thing you hear about in the uh, in the media in the dressing room. Uh, JT Miller was it immaturity or whatever he came out with today? Um, it, it's it's the same story. Is the de- dressing room not policing themselves? Not playing the proper way?
0: Well, and like as we've talked about this is not new you know i i remember the, the the they pulled themselves back into the playoff race last year and it's early march they have a seven game homestand to really you know maybe get themselves into a playoff spot make themselves feel comfortable with all the good work that they've done to get back into the race and they won two of seven on that on that homestand you know they lost games to like detroit and buffalo in more listless performances not like they got goalied or anything they were just bad like they were in these last two games and 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 to see it happening again like this is a team that's consistently been bad on home ice which is the opposite of what we're trained to think yannick do do you have an explanation as to why it's harder for this team to get up for games when they're on home ice rather than on the road i don't
2: know i don't know like normally these games like last night was it was a special night And you cherish those because it is, yeah, it's Florida Panthers coming in and it's not a divisional rival in any ways. And there's not a lot of animosity with them. Um, But like it's it's the twins and Lou coming to town. You you know, there's uh, a lot of attention going to be shown in this game. A lot of people are going to be following it, uh, following it from the east to the west coast. Like how they don't get up for this, that game is beyond me like it's one of those where you like yeah they 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 know about this late but but like okay this is a special night we uh, let's 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 go let's go show the the, the league uh, and and the world how how we can perform here but but again it's just like you're you you model sometimes cuz they can play really really well and entertaining hockey and then they It t- gets turned off just as quick. Um, and you always like to be good at home. There's no question about that. Um, you'd like to be a building that uh, teams hate to come in to play in. Um, again, I think we mentioned this before. It's it's fun to play against Vancouver. Um, mm-hmm. Point night, uh, don't have to answer a lot of questions out there. Um, so so it's one of those teams where as an opponent player, you're like, oh, great, I might get two three points tonight. Uh, and i'm going to be looking real good and it's going to be an easy night uh, and you don't want that and um, we talk about um, certain cultures and, and an identity well vancouver's identity is is not very good right now it mm-hmm. it's probably the opposite of you what you want uh, you want to be a stingy team you want to be a team that's tough to play against you want to be a team that that team's would prefer to avoid. Um, those are probably not the conversations other teams have around the league about Vancouver right now.
1: No, they certainly don't. And if you're looking at the, the how far the change can go, we talked about rebuilt and everything like that. But does it make sense to? I mean, outside of Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson, like nothing should be off the table, should it? Like even with Bo and everything like that. I mean, I made it pretty clear at this point. I'm not sure what we're doing if we if the teams keep signing all these guys. Like. It's time to look at every single one of those guys, isn't it? I'd say so.
2: Um, like you, you say, you keep coming back with the same same guys and expecting a, a different result. It, it's the definition of insanity. Um, it, it's too much, in my opinion, too. And we've seen it too many times. And, and it hurts because there are some really, really quality pieces. And three years ago, I, I had this year circled as a... As a this, is, this could be an exciting time because you have Bo and you have JT on phenomenal contracts right now mm-hmm. they're making I, I think around five five and a half million each and they're putting up a point a game right now uh, leading the league in a lot of different statistical categories you needed to fill those spots around them over the last three years you needed to fill the defense but but they've done and this is obviously two, um, two management part. But but they've done none, nothing on the back end outside of bringing OEL in, which which obviously didn't work out in any way, shape possible. Um, but but it's just been more of the same. And again, Bo is a great player. He's having a phenomenal year. Um, But probably by the time the Vancouver is ready to compete, he's on on the other side of this. So as much as it pains me that he is probably your best bargaining chip, or he is, and he is the one where you can potentially get something back that that will put you in the right position uh, numerous years from now, because it's it's not next year either.
0: Well, Sat and I have kind of talked about this quite a bit, but... You know, are, are Bo and JT almost too similar sometimes in that you know, they can both put up points, they're great offensively, but they at times will leave leave something to be desired in their own end? Maybe JT more so on that front, but...
2: Yeah, I was going to say that they leave something to be desired, but on different ends of, this, of that spectrum. I, I don't think I, I've ever questioned Bo's defensive side of of his game um what i've longed for him is what he's done this year i wanted him to take that production to another level uh, he want to be a number one center he want to get paid by a number one center well then you can't put up 60 points you have to put up 80 points and and that's where he's going towards this year um jt miller on the other hand he's been putting up the points but, but his um his, his Needs have been on the defensive side of the of the of the puck. Too many turnovers, uh, nonchalant on back checks. All these things that have cost us goals against. Um, so yeah, they are in a sense similar. That you want a little bit more from them, but but not not in the same area. Like like Bo has been very good defensively. He takes all those draws, uh, winning most of them. Um, so so again, if you're, if you're looking for a, a true number one center behind PD, it's Bo hands down. Uh, J, JT is, is, a, is a great player by all means, um, but, but, but he's not that defensive ace that you throw out uh, uh, against Connor McDavid and hope that he can tie that series up.
1: And, you know, we'll see ultimately what they do here, because I'm with you. I mean, the one chip they have at this point is Bo, and we'll see if they're able to, you know, actually make that move or not, but... As far as everybody else goes, like when we, when we look at a player like Brock Besser, for instance, we look at a player like Connor Garland, for instance, and these guys aren't getting opportunity, opportunities this year. And it's very clear guys like Kuzmenko and Mikheyev have already usurped those guys. But if we're looking around the league and, I mean, you're a former player as well, you look at those two guys. Do they look at guys? Do they look as players at right now that you can envision having success in other teams that are playoff contenders? Or do you think teams might, might not be so sure on that right now?
2: I think you'd have no problem moving Brock. Um, he, he can still shoot. He's still producing. He, he's he's getting no help from Bruce right now. Um, he, he's stuck in, in the if you will in the third line. Um, he, he's not playing with Bro Bow. He's not playing with Petey. Uh, when he does, it's here and there. He's not getting the power play time other than second second unit. So if you're around the league, you're sitting. You're, you might take a flyer on. On Brock um, to to see if he can get back to scoring those 25 goals, because I don't think he's forgotten how to shoot the puck, but but he needs somebody to get him the puck. Um, and again, I, I've been I've been petitioning to get him back with with uh, obviously Bo and and JT just to load up that top six. If not for anything, then just get him scoring, get him get him back to where okay he he's an asset, and then now we can can chip him off because he's in the same boat as Bo. Where, where he's probably gonna be be too old which is rough to say about a guy in that age by the time he'll be ready to compete
0: there's one thing uh Bruce Boudreaux said the other day that kind of stuck out to to both sat and I and it was uh you know he's being asked about systems and I uh, sort of what can change and, and that sort of thing and he basically just said well it's not so much about systems <laughs> for me we, we've got to win the battles and if we win more battles on most nights we'll we'll have we'll have success and uh, he was referencing the Washington game where they won basically zero battles. So it, d- does the game come down to, to that for you, Yannick? You know, systems will, will have their slight differences here and there, team to team, but on a night-to-night basis, you've uh, at the starting level, you've just got to win your battles in order to have success.
2: If teams are as good as each other, two evenly matched teams, coaching will win the game. Systems, how you set up, how you prepare, no question. But But if one team isn't competing, it doesn't matter. Uh, like you said who, who who's gonna who's gonna lift the stick in front of the guy in front of the net Who who's gonna box a guy out coming in for a rebound uh, Who who's gonna drive a guy through the goal line so he doesn't get a rebound but, but no coach is going to be able to do that for you if you don't do that by yourself if you swing away on a back check um, stand by the net behind the net three guys like they're, they're that's just that's that's what we're teaching 11 year olds not to do um m- m- make sure you're you're in the right spot make sure you you, you help your goalie clear you don't let them take the second and third back it, it's it's all those fundamentals that you hope you don't have to explain to pro players um and again it, it's hard because it is like somebody else is trying to score too i get that it, it's just too many times and it's it's also times where it doesn't lead to a goal that you can see it, it it's a pattern um it, it's losing battles in the corners it's losing puck battles behind the net and then you lose them in front of the net but then they go in the back of the net and then we talk about them but but it's not just there it, it's all over the ice where um when you aren't a phenomenal team that can get away with just skill and systems well, well then you got to compete and you got to out compete the other team uh, and too many times it, they happen to not be doing that, and then you're getting the result.
1: How much do you worry about the habits for the young players in an environment like this? Like, we talk about Hoaglander, of course, but Colza got sent down. I mean, even Quinn and Petey. I know Petey plays the right way. Quinn has struggled. But is, is this a bad environment to bring young guys up to try to teach habits when, when the veterans play the way they're playing?
2: Yes. you should, Well, you, you shouldn't be taught to play in the NHL, but again, I know... It, from my experience, and to now that the league has changed and and the way it's set up uh, with the salary cap, and yeah. you squeezed out all the middle guys, you're you're forced to play your young guys because you gotta fit in either minimum league players or you got guys making six, seven, eight, nine million and above. So all of those players. That would be making two, three, four million. That would be a whole lot better than Huglana right now. A whole lot better than Paul Colson, would play the right way, understand the game, and compete. Those guys are squeezed out. So, so now you're you're either you're making a lot of money or you're making little. And now we have to teach these guys how to play the right way in the NHL, where before a player like Herglander would have had two or three years in the minors to get schooled and to get sat in the stands and watched in the minor league and getting paid 45,000 a year instead of a million dollars and and then that hunger that when you get a chance to play in the NHL you'll play every and I can guarantee you this cuz I did it you play every single game like it's your last cuz you want to stay there once you got a taste of the NHL you never want to go back so so you play with a different intensity a different Uh, aggressiveness and carelessness and you play on on the verge of getting hurt almost every single night because you throw yourself into both battles and forecheck because you want to win every single puck battle because you know it might mean the difference between you playing another game or you getting sent back down um so so that that hunger is and again League has changed. It's not there, in my opinion. There, there isn't the uh, internal pressure from from below where you can say, "Okay, we have a colson we have a hurglander we have these guys Ratbone that are just engine. They all they need is, is a sliver of a opening in a door, and they'll take the spot from you." It's not there anymore. The team is set. We can see this team in in July. It's it's penciled in and know who's playing and who's going where and the only time there there's going to be a chance is if somebody has a, a significant injury. Otherwise, we'll just roll through the same guys because there isn't that, that internal competition anymore. And again, that leads back to you need some draft picks you need some players to push from from beneath but again it's it's more than just a quick fix obviously now we get a little bit carried away
0: well yeah and and part of the problem too is you know um so many of these guys are putting up numbers because they they uh this is a good offensive team and what what are numbers do they they get you a big contract they pad your stats and you, and you get the money you get the bag when your contract is up but um this team hasn't really <laughs> I mean, they haven't accomplished anything, right? They haven't been to the playoffs. They they got to the bubble year that one time, but that's that's pretty much it. Uh, Yannick, we uh, we always appreciate the time. We uh, we love it. We love your insights. The, the listeners do, too. Thanks for this. Have a great weekend. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Uh, there is Yannick Hansen joining us here on Canuck Central.
1: Always fire from Yannick. Yeah, man. Always fire from Yannick.
0: Uh, it, uh, it it never ends, you know, and it, he's like this every week. He, he tells it as it is, and... You know, there's not too much to disagree with there. It's really easy to pile on the Canucks right now because, I mean, they've they've really deserved it, Sat. And mm-hmm. the issue is, you know, people are looking for answers right now. There, there's questions everywhere on this roster and what the next steps are. But what what is the ultimate answer? And we all have our thoughts and opinions. We haven't seen what this uh, what this management group is going to do yet.
1: No, I mean, all we've seen, and I know Raymond, Texas, and all the time, and others as well, it's like, they say they're going to make moves, but they haven't made them yet. And, right, I mean, at some point, it's got to be action, right? I mean, as long as you keep saying it, and then it doesn't happen, when is it going to happen? So I understand the frustration. I understand where where it's all kind of coming from. But, you know, it has to begin. And as far as an environment to develop young players in, I look at that, and I'm like, like Yannick mentioned, it's a young league now. They always want to bring young players up and give them a chance and and kind of incorporate them into an environment and all that sort of stuff. And what are you teaching players in an environment like this? Yeah.
0: Well, think about where Nils Hoaglander's first year was. And even though it was promising from an individual perspective for him, I mean, that season was a train wreck for the Vancouver Canucks. The bubble season, North Division.
1: You know what? And Yannick, I mean, uh, Hoaglander that year was an absolute dog on a bone. Remember? Yep. Absolute hound. Like, hounding pucks, hounding guys. I mean, we couldn't say enough good things, about his skills and stuff, which were fat flashing and he was fantastic. Just how, how hard he worked. Remember? He was driving, um, the opponents crazy. Yeah. Um, I think it was a game against, uh. Um, Four more. He got to, yeah, against Winnipeg a, when Winnipeg just lost his mind and a certain like he he was just absolutely dog on a bone, relentless. He's not the same player. You yeah. know what he looks like? He looks like the other Canucks
0: out there. Yeah. Too many of the same guy. Um, it's it's a tough scene right now for the Vancouver Canucks. A couple of losses. They've got Arizona tomorrow. Um, we're going to get into the mailbag. We got lots of questions uh, from you, the listeners today. It's a Friday It's the mailbag. It's next on Canuck Central.